0: No, really excited for uh, Lakers and whoever they play.
1: Really <laughs> excited to see who gets to play the Lakers in the finals. That's what the ECF is. Who, yeah.
0: who gets to lose to LeBron James?
1: Hello and welcome into. There's a lot going on. Tom Shively, David Arroyo, on a Tuesday morning. David, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, a little tired.
0: Just got off work. You know, just but we're we're gonna power through. We we do it for the content, Tom. We do it for the brand.
1: I like that. I like that. Uh, we're talking NBA playoffs, Eastern Western Conference Finals, as well as some NFL this week, week two in the books. Tough losses for both of our teams last week. Although I think I have a little bit more optimism right now than you do. I, I mean, yeah, I mean exponentially more optimism because
0: the team you root for currently has shows some semblance of being a promising team this year and the team i root for has looked anything but i mean fran the worst the big loser here is fran because he picked them to win the super bowl but i mean i don't know if we'll really get a chance to hold him accountable on the pod
1: that's a I mean that's a contractual obligation fine print have to pick him on the pod
0: i, I mean i i think it might have been a part of his contract when he, you know, became a member of the Eagles. It's like, all right, any any predictions That's you do, you got to pick the birds.
1: All right, plenty to talk about with NFL later, but let's start with the conference finals as it stands. The Miami Heat up 2-1 on the Celtics after the Celtics got a must-win game, must-win in game three. Uh, but we'll start with the Lakers and the Nuggets. Lakers up 2-0 after a fantastic ending to game two, Anthony Davis with a buzzer beater with 2.1 seconds left gets the three up over Nikola Jokic. Uh the Lakers end up going up two nothing and Dave that kind of felt like for the Nuggets to make this interesting they had to win that game and this is kind of a put the foot down moment from the Lakers. Well yeah it,
0: I I think it's interesting too how if davis misses that shot all we talk about is how clutch Jokic is because right on the other end he hit a shot over anthony davis and instead we're talking about a defensive breakdown from the plum plumley brother i can't remember if it's mason i'm pretty sure it's mason plumley right or is it miles plum it's It's miles it is mason i can never get them straight they're they're it doesn't matter they're the same uh and so instead now we're talking about how clutch anthony davis is and it's just mind-boggling to me the numbers he's put up this postseason. I was saying some of them to you before the pod, but I want to bring up some of them on the podcast. This postseason, he has an absurd—the Lakers are outscoring opponents hundred by 131 points when he's on the floor. That is the best plus-minus of any player currently in the playoffs— and a lot of that has to do with, I mean, yes, he just has the raw numbers because he's averaging 29 and 11 on 57% shooting, but he's also gone from a 35% mid-range shooter to a 50% mid-range shooter. So that has expanded his game a ton. And you can just tell Anthony Davis, I think a lot of people have been overly critical of him for reasons outside of his control. I mean, he played in New Orleans where the team was bad and everyone said, oh, well, he can't win. He's not clutch. I mean, his team was trash. And. I don't think it's a coincidence the moment LeBron James is his teammate, he's suddenly a lot better. So I I just think the Nuggets have played well. And I texted you the other day, just get the brooms out. They're getting swept. That was their chance. If it's 1-1, I think the series is much more interesting. But I don't see LeBron taking his foot off the gas now. I think he's going to step down even harder. And you saw it in the first quarter of the game the other day where... His teammates were not playing well, and he came out there and ripped off like 15, 17 points, something like that in the first quarter. And so LeBron James clearly has another gear he can still hit. I think I saw Anthony Davis and LeBron James are averaging like 32 minutes per game these playoffs, which means this team has another gear they can hit. And I'm just waiting to see that other gear. And I think if the Nuggets challenge them in game three, we're going to see it. They're going to play like 40 minutes and just put their foot on their necks.
1: I think LeBron had the first 12 points of the game uh, on Sunday night, and uh, Davis had 22 in the second half. LeBron had 20 in the first half. I might have had those backwards, but a couple things. I was watching the highlights. The last three minutes that jump out to me is Anthony Davis hits that exact shot to put the Lakers up 100 to 92 with three minutes left. So it's not like the Nuggets didn't see that coming, and the defense was awful on that play. We can talk about that later, but – also, Jokic, you mentioned it, 11 straight points when his team was down 100 to 92. He scored the rest of the points that game and almost gave him a chance to win. I feel like we don't talk enough about him. And that that's on me because I was kind of a Nuggets hater until they beat the Clippers. So uh, he he could arguably be a top 10 player in the league. I think he's that good.
0: Yeah, I, I think he has made the case for himself this postseason that he is a top 10 player in the league. And I, I actually think it's pretty easy to make the argument at this point. Uh, I just think he is going up against really his biggest matchup problem because if you watch the highlights from the game too, the Nuggets can't even hunt out a player really on the Lakers because LeBron is locked in on defense. If you try and get Anthony Davis on Jamal Murray, he's one of the only bigs in the league who can stick with a guard the way any other wing defender can. And so when they tried out their best lineup, which I think is that lineup with Anthony Davis at center, Marquise Morris, Rajon Ronder, Alex Caruso, and LeBron James out on the court, or you can put Caldwell Pope instead of Marquise Morris. It's one of those lineups. I think when that lineup is out there, they are just a matchup nightmare and they are hunting the mismatch just get LeBron on any guy who isn't a good defender that's their mismatch and if he's not doing it all right here's Anthony Davis because Jokic is not a good enough defender to guard Anthony Davis and you know having two top five players in the league maybe two of the four best players in basketball it, it's clearly created a huge mismatch and a disadvantage for the Lakers or in the Lakers favor
1: yeah, two first team All NBA, two probably looking at an MVP award if Giannis doesn't win it. So it's a dangerous combo, and it it's it pains me as a Celtics fan to see the Lakers have two of the best players in the NBA. Um, but Nuggets, can they win a game, Dave? Or you you so you're bringing out the brooms? I'm
0: bringing out the brooms, and just one more thing on Anthony Davis. I, I find it interesting the way this the narrative has gone with him, where he's kind of gone from. Remember like a few years ago, it was like, he's next. He's got next. Then Giannis came on and it was like, oh, well, now Giannis has next. I am almost convinced again, Anthony Davis is going to be the next best player in basketball. And I think part of that has to do with he can learn from the current best player in basketball, what it takes to be the best player in basketball. But he... At this point, I don't see any weakness in his game. I think he's a better defender than Giannis. He should have won the defensive player of the year award this year. Giannis should not have won it. He had better numbers. He was more consistent all year. And... Right now, he's proving himself more in the playoffs than Giannis did. Yes, part of that is their team might be a little bit better, but I don't think their team is that much better where the Lakers have outperformed some sort of expectation. The, the Bucks' expectation was the finals, and they didn't get there. And I think people need to start more seriously considering Anthony Davis as the next best player in the league. And he might already be very close to that because he might be the best player on the Lakers right now. But I don't know if LeBron's really turned it on yet, which is a really dangerous place to be if you're the Nuggets, which is why I think it's going to be a sweep.
1: That's kind of an interesting him and Giannis comparison. Like if you put Anthony Davis on the Bucks, how good that team is versus Giannis on the Lakers. I think, you know, Giannis maybe it's hard to say Giannis doesn't improve the Lakers, but that's just because of how slept on. I think Anthony Davis was this year and I think for him to be the best player he kind of needs to not have LeBron uh you know there next to him to kind of prove himself but this is certainly helping his career yeah and he's only 28 maybe he's not ancient
0: the interesting thing though with if you Like That scenario of you put Giannis on the Lakers, I actually think the Lakers would be worse because the Lakers would lose a valuable, what is currently a very valuable mid-range shooter. Giannis would clog the paint a little more than I think Davis does currently because Davis does have the ability to step out, even if it's just a little bit. And I don't think Giannis is feared at all outside of the painted area. And that creates a huge problem for the Bucs, and it's why they're not good enough. And also the Bucs are built around Giannis doing what he does. So I don't know if Anthony Davis necessarily fits that.
1: That's enough of the Bucks. They do not deserve to be talked about anymore on this podcast. That's my apology. Uh- We both have the Lakers uh, moving on. I think you have four, I have five. That's a pretty comfortable win for LA. Now to the series that is a little bit more up in the air. Uh, Miami Heat, they jump out to a 2-0 lead after the Celtics squander double-digit leads in both games. Nice bounce-back win by Boston, uh, who you could argue has been the better team in the series outside of a couple moments. They get the Game 3 win. Game 4 is tomorrow night, Wednesday. Really, again, kind of a must win for the Celtics because you don't love them to come back if they're down 3-1, but a lot more optimism on the way. I know, Dave, you mentioned this before the broadcast, the way they defended Dragic. um, They got more contributions from Tatum. It seemed like him and Brown were both more comfortable in game three. Marcus Smart was more aggressive, and it just seemed like the Celtics were more comfortable in their scheme than they were again in the first two games again and that of course is helped by Gordon Hayward coming back for the first time since game one against Philly you know you get your 32 million dollar man only has six points but you kind of see the effect he can have on a team when he's out there on the floor
0: yeah I mean credit where credit is due I think Brad Stevens was getting killed a little bit after games one and two for not making enough adjustments and then there he goes and he says hey Marcus Smart go guard Goran Dragic. we don't need you on Jimmy Butler we have plenty of guys to guard Jimmy Butler and I think that was the right play I think he clearly made an impact because Dragic did not have a good game and just kind of made his life very difficult and at times they throw Jalen Brown on Dragic too I think they've kind of keyed in on we're not going to slow down Jimmy Butler but let's try and take out Dragic because if they take out Dragic, now it's much more interesting because who's the heat's number two guy I don't know if they have that second guy that can go get theirs where we talked about before but the Celtics big strength is they have guys up and down the roster who can get their own bucket and now they have Gordon Hayward back if he gives you anything even if he's just a decoy kind of like he was the last game that's enough. I, I think just need, just the fact you need to devote a body to him is smart. And the Celtics have kind of figured out on defense too, how to hide Kemba Walker, because he is the liability on defense for them. And they just hide him by putting him on Jay Crowder, who they know isn't really going to be an off the dribble threat. He's going to be a catch and shoot kind of guy. So unless the Heat can figure out how to exploit the Kemba Walker issue, I think the Heat they might be in trouble, and their Cinderella Cinderella story might be running out. But they're not a team I'm willing to count out yet. Until I see them actually either go down in the series, until I see them go down in the series.
1: It's it's so funny for this team to be up two games to one, and it kind of seems like the narrative around them is, you know, what can the Heat do to get back in the series? As if they are down three no three zero or something absurd, but. Again, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with Miami's offensive threats are so so reliant on the three ball and really two of your best three three-point shooters, Hero and Robinson are just not good defenders. And when you have the Celtics, you know, this isn't the Milwaukee Bucks that have, you know, a, a few threats on offense that are maybe going to shoot over you. These players can get to the basket, create their own shot, you know, that you're not you're not dealing with medium wing guys like you are with the bucks you've got these elite athletic talents that can just create their shot against you and when you have to get that offense from the three you give up so much on defense and it's they give up a lot more than they can basically get on the offensive end with with those guys
0: yeah and and the celtics i I don't even like i i just don't even know what to make of them going forward just because to me they don't have many more adjustments to make so if coach Spo comes out with a radically different gameplay in the next game and it's something that can neutralize what the Celtics did so well last game I really don't know what the adjustment is they can make outside of the things they've already done because I, I already I think they've reached their limit on in terms of the best adjustments they can make. Cause now if they're hiding Walker, you got Gordon Hayward back, you're, you know, locking up Dragic now. I, I just don't know what that next evolution would be where I feel like the heat have a little bit more room where Tyler hero to me hasn't played well this series in the same way he did against the bucks. So if you can get a little bit from Tyler hero, that that'd be a huge boost. Duncan Robinson's been in a lot of foul trouble, get him out of foul trouble. And now, now you're cooking with, you're cooking with oil and, I think even Iguodala hasn't been he's been basically absent this series so if he can come back and be a part of the rotation and give you anything I think the Heat potentially have a little bit more room to grow but the Celtics are clearly more defined in what we can expect from them and I think that is a huge place to be when you're in a pivotal game five or game four
1: uh, one more thing on this series. We had a conversation over the weekend about Jason Tatum. Mm. Uh, and you kind of mentioned up him being, you know, reaching his ceiling a little bit in his rookie year, which is a take you've stood by. I'll give you credit for that. You think he hasn't really grown much, but your argument was that he can't be the best player on a championship team. And my question to you, David Royal is why are the Boston Celtics in the Eastern conference finals not a championship level team at least like 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 what more do you want from him to 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 prove himself in that regard uh so
0: my opinion here is that to to me at least they may be they may be in a position right now where they may be playing for a title but to me there there's no scenario where they can win the nba championship and so to me that mean to be the best player on a championship team I guess in my mind they have to win the championship because that's the only way I'm going to see Jason Tatum in that way. And maybe that's a flawed way of thinking and that, that I understand that, but I I just think until I see that I'm not going to believe it. And I, I don't know. I, that's just kind of where I've been at. I think, like you kind of mentioned, I think his rookie year, you saw what his ceiling was and he has lived up to what that ceiling could be. But to me, there wasn't after his rookie year, a lot of room to grow from that. And he's grown a little bit. His defense has gotten better. His, like you kind of mentioned to me, his dribbling is exponentially better than it was his rookie year. But to me, his ceiling always was that 25, 27 point per game guy gets you seven, eight boards and give you a pretty good defense. To me that was his ceiling and to me he's already there. And because of that, I don't know how much more room there is to grow and to me he's only about a top 15 basketball player right now and that's not enough to win a title in my mind. You can't be the 15th best player in the world. And I don't know, I'm not saying he's the 15th best, but I'm just using that
1: number. Yeah, uh, you can't be the 15th what, what, best player in the world and win the title. Would you give like 25 8 and 7 or those those numbers you gave?
0: I just said 25 and eight.
1: Oh, like rebounds. I mean, come on. That's pretty good. My, it's my good. That, like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what more you expect from him. Like he's taken this team. He's, I think he's clearly the best player on the team and they are on the verge of making it to the NBA finals. And you say what they will about their chance against the Lakers. It's not great. I'll admit that, but I, I don't know what more you can expect from a guy in his third year than what he's done and to say that he reached his ceiling his rookie year after I think they've been great strides because the one thing he did his rookie year was live by the fadeaway and just would take terrible shots because he was afraid to go inside and you mentioned the dribbling but his willingness to attack now and he's kind of got that little bit of harden in him where he knows how to draw fouls now which is becoming kind of a very valuable skill in basketball and people are starting to pick up on it he's got that in him and I I don't know. I I really, I think he has exceeded any reasonable expectations that you could have for a player uh, coming out of college. And he's been, he's been perfect for the Celtics.
0: I guess my point here is this, is he better than Donovan Mitchell or are they similar? And to me, they are virtually the same caliber level of player, the same caliber. I think they're equally as good in my eyes. And so to me, Donovan Mitchell is not a top 10 basketball player. And so I'm not going to say Jason Tatum's a top 10 basketball player because I just think Tatum has a better team around him, which contributes to what is happening right here. You know, Jalen Brown is a better teammate than any of the teammates that Donovan Mitchell has. And so I think the team and the team building the Celtics have done is maybe the best in the NBA, except maybe the heat. I don't know. But I, I like the Celtics team a little bit more than I like that heat team. And so that also contributes to my perception of him i would need to see like a 40 point game where he's clearly the best player on the floor for me to really say yeah there he is there's top 10 jason tatum but really what we get night in night out is him and Jalen brown in combination are what is leading the celtics to all these victories it's not jason tatum carrying the celtics then the same way you would what- see lebron carry those Cavs.
1: But that's what you need to win a championship is you can't have one guy like LeBron. had no, I'm Kyrie. Not,
0: I'm not saying you, but was there ever a question of LeBron is the reason they are in this position? There was never that question. And to me, there's that question about Jason Tatum, because to me, if you lose Jalen Brown, this team isn't good enough and LeBron lost Kyrie and Kevin Love one year and he still took them to the finals and took the Warriors six games. So that obviously we shouldn't compare him to LeBron James mm-hmm. who is the greatest basketball player ever, but that is kind of my point. I don't think he has that kind of ability in him and that's not a slight in my eyes. To me he's a very good basketball player, potential to be one of the 10 best players in the league, but I feel like he was anointed as next up and i just don't see that from him. I, I there's a lot of young guys i think who are either just as good or better cuz i'd rather have luka doncic to be quite frank.
1: All right, that's enough on Tatum. Um you picked the Heat going to the series in 7. You're sticking by that? What what what's your feeling?
0: Um i'm going to stick by it. Uh i I don't have any reason yet to move off of that. So i'll stick by it.
1: I'll I'll, I'll live with Celtics in 7 feeling a little bit more comfortable after uh, after that game three win, obviously pivotal game 4. Coming up on Wednesday night, any final thoughts on uh, either one of the series before we move on to the NFL?
0: No, really excited for uh, Lakers and whoever they play.
1: Really <laughs> excited to see who gets to play the Lakers in the finals. That's what the ECF is. Who, yeah. who
0: gets to lose to LeBron James?
1: It's kind of like the Eastern Conference Finals for a couple of years when the Warriors were going on their run.
0: Yeah, yeah it was anyway. like it didn't matter. It was like, all right, here it goes.
1: On to the NFL Week Two now in the books after uh, the Raiders kind of surprising win over the Saints last night on Monday Night Football. We're on to Week Three, and I I think it's safe to say the game of the week, kind of that grabbed everybody's attention, was that New England and Seattle game up uh, with the 12th man. Obviously, they weren't there, but up in Seattle, the uh, Seahawks put up 35. Russell Wilson has a fantastic day, but. Cam Newton really plays just as well and you know they're one play away from going in there and winning they have the ball at the three yard line and they need you know one play to get in so the Patriots easily could have gone and won that game that they trailed by 12 with four minutes left and, and I, I think the begging question is what is the rest of the league doing that needs a quarterback not taking Cam Newton I, I I don't understand. There there's clearly the talent still there, and you've got, you know, whatever the whatever the name is, like Blaine Gabbert or Jeff Driscoll, that you see these teams signing and pulling out, and it's like, why why not? Why not take a gamble on Kim? And I and I can't think of a good reason why teams would not do it.
0: I mean, I, I just why we're on the topic. Why Blaine Gabbert's still in the league and Colin Kaepernick? Is it? Uh, I mean, whatever. The league has totally moved into Kaepernick's direction, and yet we don't care about him at all.
1: I should say I can think of a good reason, um, and it has to do with the color of his skin, but we don't have to go down that route, um, so... Is, I don't know if that's a good reason, though. That's It might be a good reason oh. to them. No. Sorry, not a good reason, but that is the reason. I shouldn't say good reason.
0: Yeah, that is the reason, but it is not a good reason. But... Uh, the the thing with the thing with Cam Newton that I've noticed most with him in New England I don't know what coach has got in his ear because I don't think Belichick is really the the offensive guru he he's the he's the defensive guy but Bel but not Belichick Cam Newton's mechanics are maybe the best they've ever been I mean he his feet are under him he's squaring his shoulders he he's just doing a good job of getting the ball out and getting it accurately to where it needs to go I mean he threw for almost 400 yards last game so this isn't a one-dimensional Patriots offense like kind of I think both of us expected it to be where it would be heavy on the run a lot of Cam pounding it yes they're doing that but Cam Newton showed last week he can still throw the football and he is I don't know maybe one of the most talented quarterbacks still in the league and I'm starting to think that this short-term play with the Patriots isn't actually a short-term play at all I I could see him being the quarterback of the Patriots for the next at least three years and imagine a scenario where they you know are able to trade up with all the draft capital they have and get a Justin Fields and Justin Fields sits behind Cam Newton who they play very similarly and he sits behind Cam Newton for two or three years and now you're set up for the super long term, because you were the only team smart enough to sign Cam Newton, which sounds so dumb to say, but yes, the Patriots were the only team smart enough to sign Cam Newton, former MVP.
1: Right, it feels like such a Patriots move that, you know, there's questions going in that, you know, maybe he was on, he wasn't healthy for a couple years, you know, he was kind of banged up, you know, maybe the mechanics aren't there, that kind of player can't survive in the NFL, and then... Oh, yeah, of course. It was Cam Newton. The Patriots got him. Of course, he he was never not going to be good when the Patriots got him. And yeah, maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction after two games. But he, I, I said this to you earlier in the week, he makes that team better than Tom Brady has in the last, really, since that Atlanta Super Bowl year. They are better than... I think any of those offenses, you know, they had a pretty good good team when they played Philly. They had a great offense that game, and they they lost because of Philly's offense, not because of their own offense. But this team is certainly better than the two years before, and you just kind of add an element to the offense. Because Tom Brady, maybe the least mobile quarterback in the history of football, and now to have Cam Newton, who you know you mentioned the mechanics is figuring it out they have more of a deep threat offense it seems like because there are a lot of under throws with brady in the last couple of years cam you're not seeing any of that so far and they, they fit really well and i think they can compensate a little bit for the losses that they've had on defense uh, by players opting out and this could be a really interesting team and and i'm excited to see it
0: and you you kind of bring up the Cam Newton versus Tom Brady thing. And I think the biggest thing, especially when you look back to last year, what everyone always said was, well, Brady didn't have the weapons. that's why they're not good enough. And I would argue Cam is working with the same exact weapons, and he looks exponentially better in this offense than Tom Brady ever did at any point of last season. I mean, I just pulled up the numbers here. Darius Bird at six catches for seventy two yards. Nokio Harry, for the first time in his career, looked like a first round wide receiver with eight catches for 72 yards i mean they are showing signs of life and that is scarier for the rest of the nfl because when all those players opted out i think including you even though you thought they'd make the playoffs you know it we thought it would be tough sledding for the patriots and they are gonna compete for this title for the east title and I I am hesitant to pick them still because Josh Allen has looked so freakishly good these first two weeks. And I don't know where that came from. Cause he looks just more comfortable back there than he ever has. But, uh, it, now you know why everyone said well don't count out the patriots don't count out the patriots they always have a plan don't count out the patriots i mean there was a point where people were picking the dolphins over them and that just looks so stupid now i i was never one of those people, but it just looks so bafflingly dumb now to think the dolphins were going to be better than the patriots this year and i i wouldn't be surprised if come end of the year we're like up oh, there they are the 11 and 5 patriots well what, what what do we know
1: people that were picking them to win seven, eight games this year, I just don't understand. They they play in a division with the Bills and the – excuse not with the – with the Dolphins and the Jets. The Bills have a good team this year. But you you got to think at least three and one right there, off the cuff with the Dolphins and the Bills. They take care of business. I'm a little bit – I want to see Josh Allen do what he's doing against a team that isn't the Dolphins or the Jets. I think he's been fantastic this year, but I – I'm hesitant to kind of go all in on the Bills, but they've looked really good. So he's kind of been maybe the most – he's been one of the most impressive quarterbacks so far this year. I think him and Kyler Murray, you kind of see how much they have leapt to this year from last year. It feels like those two names are kind of the ones that stick out to me. But one other quarterback that we didn't talk about in this last game, uh, Russell Wilson little air it out offense with the Seattle Seahawks. He kind of got a taste of it last year. You could argue he played the most above his expectations in the league last year. And now that he just kind of has free reign on this offense, they are fun to watch. And that team is going to be a problem.
0: Here's the take for you, Tom. Tom, the best quarterback in football is Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't care what Patrick Mahomes has done. I don't care what people feel about Lamar Jackson. When he is on his game, there is nobody better than Russell Wilson. He is the most accurate. He knows, he just has an understanding for the game. I think Mahomes and Jackson still don't have, they might be more athletic than him at this point, but I think Russell throws a nicer ball. He he just has it all. And now that the Seahawks seem to finally be listening to the community that has asked for Russ to to let Russ cook, you really see what this offense can be when you just hand it over to Russell Wilson and let him be the leader that we all know he's capable of being. And he, he's just been so good this year. And that team is scary. You You see exactly why people thought they could win the Super Bowl but you also see exactly why people thought they won't win the Super Bowl, which is that defense is atrocious. They are so bad, including Jamal Adams, who in in when he's down in the box, great player. But in coverage, he is getting cooked all over the place. And it, it's just it's a very interesting place to be. And I, I don't know if they can win the NFC. My NFC pick looks terrible, but I, I, I don't. Uh, the NFC is really weird this year. They've looked like the best team so far, but I mean, don't sleep on the Cardinals, who have been a lot better than people thought. Uh, th- those are really the two best teams right now in the NFC, in my eyes, are the Cardinals and the Seahawks, and the Packers. The Packers have the been Los incredible. The Los Angeles so far this Rams
1: year. have looked really good too. I think the Los yeah, Angeles Rams. That that's the most fascinating division in football to me. I you could kind of make a case for any of those four teams to make a run at the Super Bowl and I can't remember the last time we really said that about any division Um, you mentioned Jamal Adams like he's doing that against Nikhil Harry like what's he gonna do when DeAndre Hopkins is on the other side of the field like like, that's gonna be a problem for the Seahawks you know you can do all you want on offense but that defense is bad I think them in San Francisco it's gonna be an interesting matchup kind of with the strength the 49ers have on defense and the you know questions they have on the offensive end so I'm I'm in tune to that division all year.
0: I'm telling you, since since we're talking about the NFC, do not sleep on the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have quietly had Aaron Rodgers put up two MVP like performances. This is the first time the the last two teams who have scored 40 plus in their first two games to start the year with the 2013 Denver Broncos and the 2009 new orleans saints as you know both those teams went to the super bowl i don't think either of those teams won but they both made it there did the 09 saints win I 2009 the saints
1: won yeah they beat the colts
0: yeah yeah i was confusing them with another saints team but yeah I, that that says it all about what the packers are doing right now and if the defense can give them just a little bit of juice that they haven't given them so far i that's another team scary in the nfc but i mean plenty of garbage in the nfc that i think we'll get to now
1: uh garbage is your word not mine i uh you know there might not be a better one to say though for the philadelphia eagles who after a massive letdown against the washington football team in week one kind of felt like they had to put up a better game against the los angeles rams and better game is certainly not what they played a 37 to 19 loss at home it just kind of felt like they were never really in it. Even when they go on that little run before halftime to get it to five, they, they looked like they were lost out there and I'll kind of let you take the stage on this one, Dave.
0: Well, I mean, I got a couple of things to say. First, they let Jared Goff complete his first 13 passes. It it was like there, it was like there wasn't any other defense out there. Tyler Higby is the guy who's torching them consistently play after play after play that, I, I guess that's just what they do now. Um, I think Carson Wentz is playing a little too much hero ball. He Carson Wentz seems like he is trying to do too much because of what he had to do last year when he didn't really have the receivers. Now, maybe he sees his receiving core differently than the rest of us do. I obviously think his receiving core is exponentially better now than it was last year. But it's still not great considering your best receiver is the third oldest wide receiver in the league and Deshaun Jackson. That's what they're dealing with right now. Zach Ertz has not been Zach Ertz. Dallas scouter this week did not give you the same performance that he gave you last week. And uh, it showed miles Sanders, you know, he coughed one up early, but overall, if you look at his numbers, you know, 20 carries 95 yards and a touchdown, like miles Sanders gave you the juice out of the backfield that you were hoping for. If he doesn't put that one on the ground, we don't even concern ourselves with how miles Sanders played last week. But uh, I just think the team, the defense hasn't been good enough. Like Darius Slay has been the lockdown corner you were hoping for. And the defensive line, which is what they built the entire team around, has been awful. So like, I this is just a team that may have just been poorly constructed and can't figure it out. They still have plenty of time to figure it out. And they have the Bengals this week. But uh, they are in not a great position. And if they lose to the Bengals this week, sound all the alarms. Because I will be very, very concerned if they can't beat this Bengals team with that offensive line.
1: Well, you mentioned them like not playing very well. Is it that simple? They just need to play better? Or are there more structural problems with the Eagles than people seem to be letting on? I mean, they're old. I mean, Flet-
0: Fletcher... They're, I- I'd have to pull it up, but their 10 highest-paid players are all old guys. It's Fletcher Cox who... Clearly doesn't have what he used to have where he was a game wrecker on the defensive line. He's just not a game wrecker anymore. Brandon Graham is really the only consistent guy who every week you're like, oh look, there's Brandon Graham again, where he just gives you that play and you're like, you're like, cool, Brandon Graham still got it, but what about everybody else? Um outside of what's his name, outside of Darius Slay, that secondary has been pitiful. Like I they just haven't looked good in any sense of the word. Brandon Brooks, one of the highest-paid players, hurt. Lane Johnson, one of the highest-paid players, just got off of an ankle surgery and is playing not at 100%. Jason Peters, old and often hurt. Their starting left guard, hurt. Like, I don't know what the issue is with this medical staff. Alshon Jeffrey, hurt. Like, their entire team is either old or hurt, and that is not good.
1: I think the one saving and, grace for them... Oh, go ahead.
0: I, all I was going to say, one more thing there... Is that... Doug Peterson also needs to hold some of the blame here. I feel like I'm putting a lot at Howie Roseman's feet for his team construction, but Doug Peterson has not been good in terms of his situational play calling, where when they won the Super Bowl, they were so aggressive. And you saw last week on a fourth and eight, there was an offsides penalty that made it fourth and three from the 10 yard line. So they had the option to either keep the three points they just got or to send the offense back out there and try and tie the game up instead of making it a five point game. Instead, they take the points and then three plays later, it's 30 to 19. And that was the game right there. And that is the issue with this team right now is all the things that the Eagles, I feel like, came to be known for has kind of gone by the wayside, and I don't know where it went.
1: Yeah, but I think their saving grace is kind of the fact that they play in that awful division. Like their one fluky Dallas onside kick went away from everyone in the division being for against every other division. I think their one win was Washington over the Eagles. So they I think in terms of playoffs they're still okay. Um to win that division, uh, you kind of you got to beat Dallas, which they've been pretty consistent at doing over the years, but I in terms of expectations, I don't think they're that far off just cuz they can get to the playoffs, but I don't know if they were ever really a serious Super Bowl contender this year. So I'm not I'm not terribly concerned about the Eagles.
0: But but the roster construction says something different to me where their big plays this off their big thing they did this offseason was get Darius Slay. And so what that signals to everyone in that building and I think fans outside of it is well, we were one shutdown corner away from being a great team. And clearly that wasn't true. That I, I just think that, to me, that's what they were signaling by doing that because they didn't sign a wide receiver. They wait till the draft to address that and realistically have one guy to speak of that is going to be a contributor in Jalen Rager. You knew wide receiver was a problem, and there were great options out there, and you did nothing to address that. And that is my beef with this team right now, is they, I think, were a little too cocky in the way they they went about themselves especially since they won the super bowl they they've acted like they're gods since they won the super bowl
1: i saw a tweet um i don't remember if it was from you or somebody else that people seem to like still give peterson this free pass because of winning the super bowl three years ago and it's like when does that run out because to me it's the next season it runs out. Like there you shouldn't get a pass for winning the Super Bowl the year afterwards. Like I'm sorry. But plenty to talk about with the NFL week three coming up, as well as conference finals, NBA final special guest Mandy Bell joining the pod next week to talk baseball. Thank you for joining us as always on There's a lot going on.